Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Thank you for tuning into the Workforce Show Cyber Edition. My name is Olga Polishchuk, and I'm here today with my co-host, Jeremy Haas. In this program, we talk with a variety of guests about the field of cybersecurity, different career opportunities and tracks within it. Uh, we explore our guests' personal journeys and backgrounds and discuss how to prepare to enter in the field of cybersecurity and how to stay relevant as cybersecurity professionals. So with that, we're glad to have Brian Reed join us today. Yeah, and Brian Reed is the Chief Mobility Officer at Now Secure. Um, he has many years of experience in mobile security and risk. Um, in addition to having worked for Now Secure, he's been with Good Technology, BlackBerry, Boxtone, Zero Fox, has worked with um, Fortune 2000 global customers, government agencies, um, and is a frequent um, sorry, speaker at numerous events um, in conferences, including RSA, OWASP, FSISAC, Gartner, Mobile World Congress, and many, many industry events. So Brian, thank you for joining us today. Um, maybe, maybe we can start and work a little bit backwards, uh, just for some context for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about what a chief mobility officer is and what that looks like at Now Secure, and then perhaps we can talk about how you know your career evolved and some of the roles that you've had you know leading up to the your current one sure thank you thank you to, to both of you uh, Jeremy and Olga for having me today I'm, I'm happy to share in the uh, journey I've had I have enough gray hair to show I've been doing this for about 25 years um, and so you know maybe we'll work backwards as you said from from where I am um, so chief mobility officer is kind of a rare title and it brings together the combination of a customer-centric experience working with so many organizations around their mobile strategies, largely uh, dating back to BlackBerry, then uh, Good Technology, now into Now Secure. Um, all of it's about secure mobile communications, uh, building, deploying secure mobile applications, protecting the enterprise from rogue mobile applications, all of those things. And the way Chief Mobility Officer actually came around was I was bridging this world where it was one part strategy, technology, best practices implementation around enterprise mobilization and all the things that have happened going back to BlackBerry. So sort of a strategy, tactics, architecture, and so forth. And then the other side was really around corporate strategy and go to market. So how do I help other businesses mobilize effectively? And how do I help my own mobile business, which is currently now secure, grow as well? And so it kind of brings together a combination of the technology, innovation, startup growth world into large-scale mobile uh, and innovations on the mobile side as a vendor combined with working with clients on their own best practices uh, evolution, as it were, as, as they mobilize. And so you might see titles like a CTO, you might see titles like a COO, uh, uh, head of engineering, what have you. 
head of uh, consulting services, and I've kind of brought them all together under the title. The title was actually first coined when I sold my last company, uh, which was Boxtone. Boxtone was a mobile device management company and a mobile application performance management company. And we sold a good technology, which was a secure applications and secure mobile communications company. And we were really looking to uh, craft a position where a, an executive uh, inside of the, the good technology executive suite would have the ability to really work deeply with customers who were accelerating growth beyond BlackBerry in the use of mobile. And so we created this structure that enabled uh, me to operate with my team in the marketplace really as strategic advisors to our largest customers. And uh, it, it stuck. And so uh, I've now had the title on and off for 13, 10, 13, 10, 12, 13 years. There's a little bit of beginning for you. Yeah, so, so it's a title you, that you, you first had at, at Good Technology. Mm -hmm. So, so what about a little, a little bit more context about Now Secure? Sure. So uh, Now Secure uh, is a really fascinating business. And so uh, for those of you who are looking to start or grow your cyber career, I'll tell you a fascinating story of Now Secure. We're actually a 10-year-old company inside a five-year-old company. And so uh, back in 2009, our founder, who actually was a CIO inside a financial institution, was experimenting with this thing called Android. It's sort of hard to believe that you know Android is over 10 years old now, and, and the iPhone was born in, in 2007. And so he was tinkering with, with Android and, and found it to be really intriguing, this idea of you know, PC in your pocket sort of thing. But he also found that it had a lot of data on it. And so he dumped it. And, and in 2009, he actually formed a business called um, uh, Via Forensics, which is a mobile forensic business. So he left his job, started a company, and really created um, the first mobile forensics company just at the birth of, of iOS and Android. And through that cycle, he actually literally wrote the book on mobile forensics. So you could go to Amazon and search on mobile forensics for iOS or mobile forensics for Android, and you'll actually find his books. His name is Andrew Hogue. And so he built a business out of that, and there weren't people in the world who knew how to do it. So he brought in um, some of our other early employees from lots of different places um, with different kinds of skill sets, most of them having some sort of um, uh, web pen testing or network pen testing experience um, or PC forensic analysis experience sort of is, is growing the way into it. So we had to grow our own skills and brought in cyber and non-cyber skilled people in terms of growing that. Now along that journey, um, a couple of years into it, you know, the company, the, the um, researchers and the, and the pen testers and the forensic people were not only doing pen testing for customers, but they were building and working on open source tools. And so as the tooling continued to expand, what they realized was that we needed a more effective way to make pen testing easier. So they started gluing the tools together and created a little software package. And so um, five years into this, uh, went and raised money and transitioned the business from a service business to a software business, renamed the company to Now Secure, and today Now Secure provides automated mobile application security testing software and mobile pen testing services. And so uh, with the raise of capital, converted into a software business, uh, produced a series of products over that period of time. Uh, today we've got a couple hundred customers, we've got about 100 employees, um, we, we were named by IDC the number one mobile application security testing vendor based on how they measure the market. And throughout this journey, we ourselves evolved from an entire new marketplace with no one with any skills 
to bringing people in with all kinds of diverse backgrounds to teach them skills, to then evolving those skills to building software and commercial software while still delivering pen testing services. And so 10 years in or five years in, uh, five years as a software company, 10 years as a pen testing company has been, been quite an interesting journey here. Yeah, sounds like it. Well, and I know that, you know, Olga and you and I have had a hard time syncing our calendars to set up this conversation. And it sounds like you've just had a lot going on. Can you give us a little bit more insight into like just some of the, you know, the, the, the latest things that have been going on that have, you know, taken you into elections and, you know, oh. now and, you know, into Europe. Yes. So I'm, I'm actually calling in from Europe. So, um, we have coronavirus, uh, which ended Mobile World Congress, the biggest mobile event of the year last week. Uh, but also last week was RSA in, uh, in California. So if we sort of look at the, what's going on in the modern mobile marketplace, there's a couple of interesting things. Um, there are four and a half million apps in uh, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. That's a pretty amazing number. The typical application in the App Store is updated once a month. Some are updated hourly or daily. Some are updated, you know, very periodically. Um, there's also somewhere between 20 and 30 million internally developed mobile applications, meaning uh, I might be a retail operation and I have like a store management or inventory management or shipping application that I write for my employees in order to operate. And so, you know, within that, that spread, there's this very large population of mobile apps that continue to grow pretty dramatically. What's also kind of interesting as I tie the story together is that last year, Comscore, who measures internet traffic, um, starting in 2017, mobile application traffic was outpacing web. And last year, 63% um, of all internet traffic was from mobile apps, not from web or mobile responsive web or what have you. So we've kind of hit that tipping point now where mobile is frequently the dominant way to go. And I'm sure you know those of you listening to this podcast, you may be listening to it on your phone. Uh, using a podcast app, the average user has something like 80 apps on their phone. You probably use, you know, uh, 20 of them a day. And, and so we've got this giant sort of mobile marketplace. And what kind of happened in that journey, to a large extent, is security got left behind. And so in many instances, what we find, uh, we did benchmark security and privacy test all those apps in the App Store last year. Um, we found about 80% of those apps have security vulnerabilities and uh, about 70% of those apps leak private data. If you're familiar with like GDPR or CCPA, yeah. those are pretty bad things to happen. So, mm -hmm. so this massively sort of growing marketplace is, is really fascinating, yet there's a lot of risk in that marketplace. And one of the biggest reasons is uh, until recently, there haven't been automated security testing tools and there haven't been skilled cyber professionals who could do mobile pen testing as opposed to, to network and web. So you have this very fast mobile development innovation application market colliding with this giant gap in uh, mobile security products, technologies, and skills. And we've tried to fill that gap by building software to replace humans because we can't find enough humans to do the work. Uh, but even today, we've got a bunch of open uh, recs for pen testers and security researchers on mobile because um, we need to grow that skill set and we need to grow our own business there. And Brian, what are some of the top skill sets that you're looking for um, within those requisitions that you had open? Yes, so um, we have a dedicated research team. Uh, so those are security researchers um, who have experience, uh, prior experience doing um, some sort of security research type work around mobile or in a mobile adjacent space. Uh, we just recently added an expert in uh, IoT and automotive um, to the team. 
these are all skilled tool developers. So most of these people have built their own open source tools um, or tooling or created um, sort of a meta layer on top of existing tooling. They have a very um, introspective, uh, deep drive um, to really dig in and understand the nuances of how the mobile operating systems applications frameworks work uh, and try to punch holes in them. Uh, and then turn, uh, build uh, security testing tools uh, in order to you know uncover and, and make that happen. And so we have two two legends in our business. Uh, we have a guy named Pancake Sergey Alvarez. He created uh, Radare, uh, and we have Ola uh, or Ula, who's in the Nordics, who created Frida. Those are two of the best known reverse engineering tools or reversing tools uh, for iOS, Android, and other platforms. We have sort of intergalactic gurus like that. Um, but then we also bring in um, people with maybe one to three years experience in either pen testing, security testing, security research, or something in that vein, um, either in a web world or a mobile world to uh, grow our pen testing team. So we have a group of, of experts uh, at multiple different levels that do commercial pen testing for many of the applications you know and use. And so in that world, again, we're looking for cyber skills and some mix of of um, uh, testing, pen testing, research, red teaming, something to that effect um, uh, in order to, to uh, enable them to flow, you know, work their way into our, our cyber workflow. Thank you. And are there any um, continued learning certifications that you would recommend our listeners to pursue if they're interested in this field? Actually, you know, interestingly enough, there, there really aren't certifications for like mobile pen testing and we're not, you know, hunting for, uh, you know, deep um, uh, semantic, for example, um, certifications as well. What we're really looking for is ingenuity. Um, we tend to find these employees because they come to, uh, you know, the cons, the B-sides, um, you know, Snowfrock and, and DEF CON and, and places like that. Um, we run a four-day um, deep mobile security analyst and researcher training program at Black Hat every year, and generally that's a recruiting base for us. Um, more often than not, one or two people who take that class wind up interested in potentially joining us, um, and those tend to be people that are more on the black belt side or moving towards the black belt side. On the flip side, you know, there are lots of places to go learn online and through many small local regional events. We're big believers in B-sides. Uh, that happens around the country. Um, another place to look uh, is OWASP and the OWASP organization. There's tons of skills development there. Um, we helped write the OWASP Mobile Top 10 and the OWASP MSTG, which is a mobile testing guide. Um, that's a great place if you want to start learning your way into mobile pen testing or mobile security. That's the ultimate place to start. It's about 120 pages worth of what is mobile, what is security and not, and, and how do I become a pen tester in the mobile space and take advantage of you know, a lot of those kinds of resources out there. We at our annual user conference also offer up a two-day uh, intermediate security training course um, to help people develop and further their skills and, and hope to recruit new people out of that as well. Thank you. And um, would you say that um, speaking at these events, uh, would, would you recommend doing that for somebody who is kind of trying to shift their careers or just starting in the field? Or would you say that just sort of absorbing the knowledge as much as they can would be the best strategy to maximize the benefits? Yeah. So I think, I think the, the number one thing is to learn right now. Um, what, what hiring organizations like us are looking for is not just learning, but some degree of authority. Um, so, uh, it might be that you're going to learn um, how to use uh, 
uh, iGOAT and Man in the Middle Proxy to do some unique kind of testing uh, around um, cert validation failures on a, on a mobile app connecting to an API-driven backend. Uh, that might be something that you could present um, as a you know, better path to pen testing at, in a WASP event, for example, or a, or a B-Sides event or something to that effect. Uh, but that's also a place where you can publish a blog, share it on social media, you know, other people will pick it up. Um, the Twitterverse is very active in our community. So our security researchers and pen testers are very active on Twitter, as are many other people um, who are in this space. You know, uh, She Hacks Purple, Tanya Janica, she's got a Mentoring Mondays uh, program. If you look at hashtag Mentoring Mondays, you can find her. She can help pair you up uh, with mentors and mentees to kind of learn your way in. Um, I think the people who've made it into, many of the people who've made it into our pen testing teams and our security research teams have done it by directly connecting with our employees. Um, Frida and Rodari are open source projects and the security world is full of open source projects. Plug into those open source projects, start making contributions to them, get active in the Git repo uh, spaces, look at how to create a talk on top of Frida or Rodari or uh, some of the other tools out there uh, and use those communities as another vehicle to get connected in and become visible in the space. Most of the roles I'm talking about, if I think about the last year or so of hiring, most of the people we hired that were security researchers or analysts or pen testers were through the network because they built relationships with our employees who are already doing that work, either on Twitter, through our Git repos and our open source projects, or at some of these training events or, or other major trade share type events. So, so Brian, you mentioned you know a number of conferences uh, where where you and um, your company have a presence. Can you? And I know we, we've we've talked about this a little bit already, and I I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but can you can you kind of elaborate on the the role you think that conferences play? Um, sure. Just for for people in the in this field. Yeah, so I think I think that's a good question. There are a lot of security conferences. There is a lot of security training. Uh, on the planet. Um, I did fail to mention earlier, the SANS Institute does have a mobile training class where some of our tools are used. I just remembered that, so I wanted to stick that in there for, for perpetuity here. Um, in terms of, of the conferences, you know, I, I would actually be honest and say something like a really big um, uh, RSA type event last week isn't necessarily a way to find, find your way into this career. That's typically for people who are already in the career and sort of at the intermediate to, to senior skill level development. But I do think the local and regional events, you know, besides Live is, um, uh, besides uh, Nova is this weekend in Northern Virginia, for example, um, there are besides events all around the country. Those can be highly valuable. There are a lot of OWASP local and regional meetups. And I think the local groundswells are a great place to get started and really look at how you can either contribute as a speaker or participant um, in some of those activities, even, you know, become a member and, and get active in growing your chapters. Um, and there's some phenomenal places, you know, to meet and network. Then you've got the con events kind of, kind of all over the country. There's, there's many different cons. Um, and again, looking at those, they continue to uh, be both for, for um, maybe more, not quite entry level, but a little above entry level into the intermediate ones. And, and um, uh, so those can be also uh, interesting as well. Um, there's a myriad of them around the country. So a lot of this is about looking for what's, uh, what's near you. Um, and, you know, another, another way that you can use a source to kind of choose or, or learn where to go is, is on Twitter, there are a number of really great security professionals who tweet out advice and, and, um, and will help you connect with other people or provide you with feedback. It's a pretty good 
uh, InfoSec community, um, you know, encourage people to take advantage of that as well. So I, I know we're, we're coming up on about uh, five minutes remaining. Um, but do you, you know, cyber, cybersecurity is, you know, we often think of it as being, you know, engineering, computer science centric. Do you, where do you, where do you see it going? Do you see it expanding, contracting? Do you see, um, you know, the technical elements of cybersecurity growing at the same rate or faster, slower than some of the, the other like legal policy issues? Like what, what are your just, you know, broader concepts on, on someone who, you know, maybe doesn't have, you know, computer science background, but is still interested in the field? I have, it's a very good question. So some of the best people I know don't have a computer science degree. Um, they have psychology degrees. They have business degrees. They have, uh, one of them has an anthropology degree. Um, some of our best security people don't have a college degree even. They kind of just, you know, grew their way up in the tech world. I think today it's, it's evolved pretty dramatically. So I talked a lot about sort of the hands-on cybersecurity professional, but wrapped around the pen tester, wrapped around the security researcher, or a number of really critical roles. So um, in the industry for a lot of companies now, there's these initiatives around DevSecOps and shifting left, which is where people are trying to bring together security teams and development teams. And as our, our head of services says, we often do marriage counseling. So there's great idea, there's great, some great opportunities for people with a strong sort of HR community, program management, relationship development, training, type of skills to be part of these teams that are bringing transformation and bringing together security and development professionals to really help cross train and build better uh, team functions. So there's a lot of interesting things around that. Privacy is another one. So uh, I may have mentioned earlier GDPR in Europe. I'm sitting here in Barcelona. Privacy is a big deal over here. Uh, in the United States, CCPA in California just activated. There are some 10 states uh, working on privacy as well. There's a really good opportunity to go digging into privacy. The world is going to need privacy experts. And that doesn't mean you're a cyber expert. That means you understand the privacy laws and understand how technology relates to privacy. Uh, you could have a legal bent. You could have a compliance bent. Um, you could have uh, uh, an inventory and auditing type vent, uh, bent. And then again, there's that notion of the, the uh, community program management bringing diverse teams together. Uh, in order to achieve some of those goals. So I think privacy is a really big growth area. It will be fascinating to see if the market combines security and privacy kind of into one lump when it comes to sort of career professionals um, or if those will stay sort of two parallel paths. My guess is the latter, that, that a lot of security people will get pulled across into privacy, but there's a lot of opportunity for privacy experts on their own without the cyber background. And Brian, you're a very passionate and enthusiastic person about your field, um, if you were not in the field of mobile application security, what would you do differently? Well, I left it and tried to experiment with social media security. So, you know, protecting Twitter and Facebook and attackers and uh, impersonators. And uh, after a little over a year, I decided to like mobile, so I came back. Um, so I probably won't go back to social media security. I think, you know, for me, it's, it's actually more the mobile than it is the security piece. So I love mobile. I love what it does, what it's done to the world. Um, you know, I'm not a mobile first generation. Um, you know, I grew up in Unix and the Unix world. 
uh, coming off a mainframe, but I think mobile unlocks so many dramatic things that I would be doing something with mobile. Might be mobile IoT, you know, mobile telematics and, and automotive, but I think I would still be doing something in mobile, whether it was cyber or not. Any predictions for us in mobile for 2020? Um, there will be at least a half a dozen really bad breaches that will make people's hair stand up this year. There were a few last year, some of them got people's attention, some of them didn't. I think that um, the attackers have figured out that mobile is a, is a largely unprotected world. And you know, while there's still attackers going after firewalls and your home PC and building bots and all the rest, I think that um, mobile is, a, is a, will continue to grow as a users love it and live on it. Uh, and that brings the bad guys following them. So I think we'll see some pretty, pretty nasty um, cyber scenarios. Uh, attackers breaches, uh, both on the privacy side and security side. Hopefully the world will wake up and, and you know, we'll find more professionals and, and tools to help people protect that environment. Great, thank you, Brian. And on this note, I know we're running a little bit out of time, but this has been an incredibly educational interview and we appreciate you joining us from Barcelona and sharing some very actionable advice with our listeners. Um, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Brian. All right, have a good afternoon or good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.